This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrack, and today I'm joined by the incredible Canadian media icon, Jeannie Becker. Jeannie was first on our program back in January 2021, really at the height of COVID, I guess, and before her life completely changed forever. And because of her indomitable spirit, her bravery, and just that Jeannie factor, she's come back bigger, better, stronger, and I would say even more beautiful, really. So I just, I've I've been seeing her in the green room. She is a shining example of how no matter what befalls her, she is really a model or supermodel for that matter on how to be brave, courageous, and make things happen. And there is so much happening in her career right now on camera as a speaker, as an inspiration and more. I'm so excited to welcome back to the program Canada's one and only, the host of the very popular fashion television for over 27 years, her wonderful style matters on TSC, a new monthly segment called The New Age on Breakfast Television, some very exciting upcoming interviews she's doing that are going to be live, one with a huge star and another one with a very famous supermodel, and so much more. Jeannie Becker, welcome back to Finding Your Bliss. Oh, Dawn, thank you so much for inviting me. I called you Dawn because I thought <laughs> my name. Oh, here's a plug for Rewind. I love that. She'll love that. Dawn, I love that. the owner of Rewind, best kept secret in Toronto, although it's not a secret anymore. That's so funny. I, oh, my. Yeah. And I just had a wonderful experience with Dawn where I sold some of my designer bags and baubles and to benefit breast cancer. Anyway, so it's great to see you, Judy. <laughs> I think you're fabulous. And I'm just thrilled that you want to be back on the show. The last <laughs> time you, you turned the interview into a two part. It was a two part. You were the only one, like even Joan London didn't have two parts. Nobody in the history of this program except for Jeannie. And so now it's time number three. And I'm, I'm so <laughs> grateful. I can't tell you. Jeannie, it's fascinating how many full circle moments are happening for you. So I sat in the audience for the premiere of 299 Queen Street West, Sean Menard's groundbreaking film about much music. And you were in it as the first VJ, really. You were in Toronto after landing a job at Chum Radio. And in 1979, you co-hosted the groundbreaking series, The New Music. And you're in the film as a founding member of Much Music. So I love seeing you up on that big screen. I love that you were the first. Like, I have to tell you, I really noted it. And I thought you looked gorgeous. And I just thought, yes, that's where it all began. You've always been a trailblazer, Jeannie. You continued to do so when in 1985 you launched the legendary fashion television, which was presented in over 130 countries for 27 years. And now, in another full circle moment, I read this glorious article one morning about you interviewing Linda Evangelista on Zoom for a big article in in the kit in the Toronto Star. And the headline read, Linda Evangelista opens up as she and Jeannie Becker talk fashion's glory days, their breast cancer journeys, and anti-aging's downside. And you're going to be doing all of this live again tonight, October 28th at 7.30 p.m. at the Bloom Up Health Theatre. We're going to tell you all, by the way, how to get tickets later on in the show. But first, can you tell us, after you personally announced your breast cancer diagnosis last year, you were incredibly moved when supermodel Linda Evangelista reached out to divulge that she too had had a cancer journey in 2018 and had a bilateral mastectomy. What do you remember about that first phone call? I got a DM on Instagram from Linda saying that she wanted to talk to me. And I thought, well, that's great. Mm -hmm. So I received the call and she told me that she too had been diagnosed with breast cancer a few years back. And she had a bilateral mastectomy and uh, she hadn't told anyone and she didn't want to tell anyone. And that was totally understandable. And a lot of people don't want to share that kind of thing. But it was just so incredible to hear from her and for her to be sharing that kind of intimate story with me. Well, fast forward to this past summer and I got another call from Linda saying, well, you're not going to believe this, but my cancer you know, has come back. The breast, I, I just discovered another lump and 
even though you know, I'm thinking, oh, but she had a bilateral mastectomy. But of course, we know that that does not mean that you can't get breast cancer. I mean, even though your breasts aren't there, you can still get breast cancer. So, but she was hanging tough about it. I mean, she sounded really positive and she wanted to know how I was doing and, and she was going to go on the same drug that I uh, had just gone on. And so all that was really great, again, that she was sharing this. And I said, well, are you going to be saying anything about this? She goes, yes, I am going to be sharing this news with the world, but I'm going to wait until our Supermodels documentary comes out. And that's a four-part series that is now out on Apple TV called The Supermodels, of course, which is a, a wonderful discovery kind of an exploration of, of a certain era and of those great gals, Linda, Cindy, Naomi, and Christy, who were the supermodels back in the day. And at that time, she still thought, you know, TIFF might be happening and she was going to come to town for TIFF. And But, you know, well, TIFF, of course, you know, did happen, but they didn't do any kind of hoopla about the Supermodels documentary because of the strike that was on. That the girls just wanted to sort of hang low. So it was just incredible to think that, you know, she would a reach out to me and that was just such a beautiful thing. And it gave me a lot of strength and inspiration that she would share that with me because we had shared a very special time in fashion history as well. That's what it felt like. So these are amazing bonds that happen between people. And anyway, I, I was just really moved, really touched that she would tell me uh, that news before she told the rest of the world. That's incredible. So she must have felt such trust and comfort with you. And you had so much in common. What was it like for you to see the four-part supermodel documentary? Was It must have been such a, not only a blast from the past, but nostalgic. And you were in there. So it's almost like you're not watching as a third party. You're actually in the trailer. I heard your distinctive voice right uh-huh. in the trailer. And I was like, yay, that's true. Well, the crew came to my house. And it's funny because they came to my house when, ah... Uh, I'm trying to think this is like a, I was I had just embarked on my cancer journey and it was just before I had told anyone it must have been just before I'd started chemo when the crew actually came here to to do the interview with me so I was sort of <laughs> preoccupied with with other things you know it was a little bit of a scary place back in, in those days but uh, the minute I you know had the opportunity to talk about uh, those gals and those glory days of fashion I mean it was quite wonderful to have that big crew here in my living room and then of course they took quite a few things from the fashion television archive they used many other archives at doors but so yeah it was great to see it you know we lived such a magical era they call it the golden age of fashion those days will be no more the scene is just not like that anymore fashion has changed too much big business has really taken over fashion and you know done some things to it with which you know aren't necessarily that fabulous but you know it is what it is it was once the genie's out of the bottle that's it and the media has changed so much of course so back in the days you know I had this incredible backstage pass and that was so coveted and was so wonderful to be able to take viewers by the hand every week and pull back the curtains and really explore this incredibly mysterious enigmatic world together but now of course you know everything's on your phone everything's on Instagram and things you know, the scene has become kind of common and it's, you know, uh, it's just not what it used to be. Let's face it. We all agree. We all know that every you know seasoned editor in the business will attest to that and, and the, the supermodels themselves. So, you know, I mean, there's still great things happening in the fashion arena. Don't get me wrong. We have a lot of creative talent there and still a lot of magic happening, but not the way it used to. Wasn't that immediacy, which I think also was in the much music thing was much music was you got to see it live. You got to be in the audience. Or on the, it was that kind of thing. You had the backstage pass, not yeah. any not anyone else did. So you were bringing it to us. So we were like yearning to hear what you had to say and, and, and what we could see. It was, it was like the most exciting. And you drove yourself like Linda. There are a lot of parallels between both of you because very relentlessly, like sleep, what is that? And uh-huh. right. And I think your mother once said to you, Jeannie, stop, you need to slow down. This Don't work so hard. She used to say, yeah. Don't work so hard. I'm worried about you. I said, Ma, worry about me when I'm not working so hard because then I won't be as happy because I love my work. I want to work. I mean, I thought, you know, it's like uh, the great Oscar de la Renta once said to me, you know, when you rest, you rust. And uh, I'm, I'm all about that. I totally feel that, you know, and even these days, 
But yeah, I do push myself. I do push myself in the most wonderful way. It's not like I push myself because I don't really want to do it, but I push myself to keep dancing as fast as I can because it's very life affirming for me. Absolutely. And I think it fuels you, right? And it keeps you happy. I just want to go back to Linda for a minute that she faced everything with resilience and optimism, which is exactly what you've done since the beginning. And I just wonder if you could take us back to the outset of your journey with cancer, because you shared everything with us, every treatment, every nurse, every doctor, every technician, you were grateful for all of them. You sat Mm -hmm. there in the chair, you shared it, you demystified it, you made it less scary because you were doing it. And it's like, well, Jeannie Becker can do this and still look great and happy. And was it hard to do that? Or did it really come naturally? Or were you just determined, I am not, I may be battered, but I'm not broken? Well, I'm a survivor. I really, and I truly am a survivor now, but I have that in my DNA. You know, as you know, the story that we talked about before, my parents were Holocaust survivors. They brought me up with that attitude of don't be afraid and never give up. You've just got to be fearless and tenacious and you get through any situation. And in terms of sharing my journey, there was absolutely no question that I was going to do that. Like absolutely no question. First of all, because my life has been an open book thus far anyway. I've talked about everything from, you know, my marriage breakup, my ups and downs, you know, that it's all out there. I would be a hypocrite in my book if all of a sudden I decided to, you know, hide this thing. I realized too how many people, and I totally respect and appreciate why they don't want to share it. I had just gone through a very long journey with um, one of my best friends who lives in Montreal, who didn't have any family there, and she didn't have a lot of friends, and she was going through breast cancer, and she did not feel comfortable telling anyone. I mean, she's a very private person, but every day we would talk about what she was going through, and you know, my heart went out to her, and I tried to support her, and I thought, what a burden this must be for her to be keeping this to herself. And then just when she was coming out of her journey, I got my diagnosis. It was like, okay, so now I know what I have to do, you know, for my own sanity and my own peace of mind. And it was the first day that I sat in the chemo chair that I decided to make that post that I've got breast cancer. And ironically, too, it happened to be a National Cancer Wellness Day. I didn't even know there was such a thing. But so I thought, okay, this is a good time to announce this kind of thing to everybody. And, you know, at at that point, I hadn't gone through surgery yet. Like I started with chemo. So I hadn't, there was so much more for me to go through. I was just at the very early days of my diagnosis. And overnight, my Instagram following doubled. And it's pretty sizable to begin with. So, wow, that was good, you know. (laughs) taking note of this and the messages the comments like that came in were just absolutely heart swelling and so inspiring and for me to get that kind of support and feel the love I just thought wow what did I do to deserve this is this ever incredible because this is really what's going to help get me through it knowing that there are all those people out there some of them just total strangers are praying for me people out there who have gone through what I've gone through people who kept saying you know you've got this which is such a great thing for you know a cancer warrior to hear yeah we've got this people who were just sharing their personal stories with me it was amazing. And then every week for 12 weeks, as I sat in that chemo chair, some days feeling a little sorry for myself, as one does, I would open up my you know, Instagram and, and I would scroll through and read the comments and appreciate every emoji and every little comment. And that was the wind beneath my wings. That was what saw me through my cancer journey. Absolutely. And obviously the love and support of my friends and family you know, my dear partner, Ian, and my two great daughters. It just meant the world to me. But wow, you know, social media can be a horrible, evil thing sometimes, but sometimes it can be the most wondrous thing. Isn't that incredible? And I'm not surprised that you would find the the positive and the light and the, and the beauty and all of it. And so then I, of course, was on Instagram this weekend as well. And I noticed that Princess Margaret just honored you in this huge gala this past weekend, the One Life Gala, which was all about love and light, which is you. I mean, that is you. And you were a proud honoree and you were able to share your story along with Libby Snymer, another light in your life. And I saw you in this gorgeous picture with Suzanne Rogers. Can you tell us about that evening? Well, I mean, I was thrilled to see Libby there. Libby was the honoree last year. So she got to do her speech last year. And this year I spoke with two other wonderful people and, and another 
amazing young woman by the name of Jenny Young, who uh, stage four lung cancer, but, uh, you know, she, it had gone to her brain and, and now it's gone to her neck. And But she's she's in there for the fight. There are incredible drugs around now. We are so blessed to be living at this time in history when so many medical advancements have been made. You know, and of course, Libby's really going through a lot of her own tough stuff now. But yeah, what a heart swelling evening to just feel the love in that room and to to really bask in the light of that room. This is a journey that <laughs> it's fraught with all kinds of tough stuff, but boy, oh boy, are there ever a lot of silver linings in a cancer journey or can be, you know, if you choose to see it that way. I know it's absolute hell for a lot of people who aren't anywhere as lucky as I've been. Yet still, if you can cling on to the hope and to the light and really feel and appreciate the support if you're fortunate enough to have that support. And if you reach out, I mean, no one really has to go through it alone. I'm just hoping that somehow we can eradicate so much of the fear surrounding this disease because cancer is not a death sentence anymore. It certainly doesn't have to be. So many cancers now can not only be treated, they can be cured. We're living in you know amazing times. And hopefully, you know, if, if we all really get behind it and, and just keep making people aware of, you know, what this thing is all about, you know, this thing that was kept such a deep, dark secret for so long by so many. I mean, it's time to normalize conversation and share. And it's it's the thing that can really bring us together in pretty amazing ways too. So my journey, my particular journey has certainly been ripe with silver linings and wouldn't have had it any other way. I mean, really, Judy, it's been the most extraordinary year now, year and a half of my life. I mean, October 21st, which was like last Saturday, which was the date of the gala, that was exactly one year since I had my surgery. That was like the one year anniversary serendipitously. And that was one of, and I said this in my speech, next to my the days that both my daughters were born and the day that I met my true love, Ian, I think that was one of the best days of my life because I knew they were going to take that thing out of me, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully once and for all, you know, because I had opted to have chemo first and then you're just sort of waiting for the tumor to shrink and you're just hoping and praying that it all goes away but then they open you up and scrape the rest of it out and uh and then i got the all clear it, it was incredible and like the team of doctors at princess margaret cancer center are just phenomenal they are so wonderful all my doctors uh dr tulin sill who's my surgeon dr Atan amir who's my oncologist uh and and uh, dr koch who's my radiologist they're just they're fabulous and all the nurses and the caregivers and the, the technicians and the the people that helped me through you know i had to breathe a certain way which was scary for me because i had radiation to my left breast. Most breast cancers are in the left breast. Isn't that interesting? They, they don't know why. But so I had mine in my left breast and that's near the heart. So when they radiate that, yeah, you're sort of afraid like what they could damage the heart. So I had to hold my breath with this really weird contraption. Like I had to breathe through this kind of a, a very strange kind of apparatus. And it freaked me out because my mom's entire family suffocated in an underground bunker in the Holocaust. And when I was a little girl, my mom incessantly told me that story. I mean, she told me that story for her own, you know, therapeutic reasons. I guess she had to have someone to talk to. And I would hear about the suffocation. I thought, well, I'm not going to be able to hold my breath during this this radiation, like I'm going to suffocate with that big contraption in my mouth. And how am I going to possibly do this? And and that was one of the biggest fears that I had to overcome. That was the first time that I really, you know, broke down in tears at, at Princess Margaret when I thought I'm going to have to hold my breath for, you know, 15 days as I get this radiation. Mm. But anyway, it worked out. It ended up being easy. I conquered it. It was another thing that proved to me that, yes, I can do it. I can conquer anything. I can get it. Was a, it was a wonderful uh, challenge in a sense. And then uh, I rose to the challenge and I held my breath and went through my radiation and all's well. It's, it's just incredible. I mean, you are incredible because you give people hope and inspiration. I don't even know if you realize how much in ways that you know, in ways that you don't know. And it's really remarkable. And this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So how can we drive progress in this area and shine the light, not only on how to fight this disease, but also how to put an end to it, which I believe is their mission and their mandate is to do exactly that. Well, I mean, early detection is key, first of all. Let's get that straight. Like early 
detection is key. Women have to stop fearing going for a mammogram. Okay, it might not be the most pleasant experience, but the really unpleasant experience is having a cancer growing within you that you don't even know about. So what you have to do is uh, get over it, go for your mammogram. Now, thankfully, because of just very recent legislation, and this is fantastic, women are going to be told when they get their mammogram, whether they have dense breasts or not. There are four categories of dense breasts. It has nothing to do with breast size either. You can have tiny boobs and they can still be dense or or big boobs and they can not, you know, whatever. It's just, you are going to be told after your mammogram if you have A, B, C, or D. If you have category C or D, having a mammogram once a year is not enough. You have to go for additional screening, either, well, most people will be going for an ultrasound because that's easier to get, or preferably an MRI if you're lucky enough to get one. But you must have more than just a mammogram because that mammograms don't always show cancers and dense breasts. So that's really, really, really important. I mean, the fact that younger women now are going to have easy access to these tests is great as well because that's something that's just changed. The age went from 50 to 40. You have to advocate for yourselves. Is the medical system going to be overwhelmed with all these people who are asking for additional testing? Yes, but we're just going to have to work to somehow make it happen. And you're going to have to advocate for yourself. We're going to have to fight for it. And that will be whole other fundraising initiatives, I'm sure, for MRI machines. I mean, I just did a big fundraiser for the Georgian Bay Hospital trying to buy an MRI machine for that hospital. And just so many great initiatives going on now to raise funds and awareness. Both go hand in hand. It's so important. I mean, you know, as you can tell by the way I'm talking, I'm on a mission here, but let's just open our eyes to how we can really live better lives. And don't we all want that? Is there a a take home or a takeaway, something that you learned from this whole journey that is different about you, that you're changed in a better way? Is it that you feel stronger and that you can really handle anything? You've gone through this. There's nothing you can't do. You know, Judy, there's that old saying, the older you get, the more yourself you become. So I would like to think maybe it's that. Maybe I became more myself. You know, I'd like to think that I always had it in me, this toughness. I didn't realize, you know, I I did fear at the beginning of my journey, like, am I going to be tough enough to get through this? Am I going to... And it was not the universe testing me, but it was a wonderful opportunity to prove to myself that I was all I ever thought I was going to be, that I was all I ever hoped I'd be. That's uh, that's incredible. Really incredible. This was truly an opportunity for me to get closer to my own personal truths, to get to know myself better. And that's pretty wonderful. You know, at this stage of life, you think, well, God, I've been around the block a few thousand times. I really know myself. But to think there's still new things that you can learn about yourself, there's still, you know, deeper that you can go. Uh, You can still become an even bigger person, an even better person, a wiser person, a braver person, a bolder person. That's been a real gift, a real, real gift. You know, I've noticed about you something different that is really cool. And that is that when you were talking about the gala, I felt like you were luxuriating in the beauty of that moment and staying with it. A lot of people have great things that happen, but they race on to the next thing and the next thing and they don't Mm. sit in it and just stay mindful about how great that moment really is, Mm. this moment right now. And I've seen you do that a few times just in this interview thus far. And I'm wondering if that's changed for you that you're able to really go, yeah, this feels good. I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah, no question. I'm savoring each and every moment, even you know, from the moment that I open my eyes every morning and think, ah, I've lived to see another one and then realize that I've got all kinds of aches and pains. I'm on this drug called letrozole. It's a aromatized inhibitor, they call them. They're, it suppresses the estrogen in my body because I'm in overabundance of estrogen. I mean, I was triple positive estrogen breast cancer, HER2 positive, triple positive. Woo. So now that I'm on this drug, uh, which hopefully is going to keep things at bay, and I have to be on it for the next five years, but it causes a lot of side effects, like a lot of aches and pain. So I feel very stiff. I feel like I've aged 10 years in the past five months that I've been on the drug. However... 
it's a good thing because I know that the drug must be working. It's a powerful drug. Of course, I'm going to feel some side effects. So I open my eyes in the morning and I, you know, I feel a little stiff, you know, get out of bed and just go. You just got to keep going. And I, I savor it all in a crazy kind of way. I'm trying to savor the aches and pains too. And, you know, and embrace them and realize it's all part of healing. Perhaps it's all part of what I have to go through to, stay on this path that the doctors have prescribed that I truly believe, you know, will help keep me safe. So yeah, such enigmatic times. But listen, in terms of where things are in the world right now, too, if I've ever felt grateful and fortunate and blessed just for my own life and my own existence, boy, is it now. I was sitting in the living room with my daughters last night and just like looking around at you know, the house that I've been living in, this house in the city, because we're also fortunate enough, my partner and I have a little house in the country, but sitting here thinking, you know, I've, I've been living in this house for like 28 years. And, and yeah, I worked really hard to, you know, keep it all together and, and keep it going. You know, I went through again, I want to bring up my marriage breakup. But yeah, it was a bad thing that happened to me. It happens to a lot of people. But I was determined to try and hold on to to my home and to, you know, everything that meant to me. So I took another five jobs so I could yes. keep up the mortgage payments as one does. And I looked around and I thought, you know, this is home. I have this this home. I have these people in my life who mean so much to me. I have my health for now. I mean, no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow, but for this moment and how grateful I feel. Of course, I feel vulnerable because that's part of the human condition and you must feel vulnerable to some degree or you're you're not human at all. But when I really, you know, step back and look at the big world picture and, and how so many people today are suffering, it's just... Uh, I don't know how we deal with it. You know, we're all so helpless, really, in so many ways. So I think we just have to try and make some sense of it, even though it's total madness, and just keep putting one foot in front of the other in our own lives and, you know, be sensitive to what's happening out there. And if there is some kind of call to action, if there's anything that we can do, you know, yeah, we want to do it. But such enigmatic times, I don't know, such enigmatic times. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to more of that in a minute. And I, I, I want to talk about that, but I think it's so great that you're a role model for just doing exactly that. Just being at peace with yourself, putting one foot in front of the other and doing it with grace and courage and all of the stuff that you do. And you're, you're really an amazing person, Jeannie Becker. Before we hear more from media icon Jeannie Becker, we're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Jeannie and Finding Your Bliss when we come back back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And I've been having a wonderful conversation with Jeannie Becker. There's so many other full circle moments that have been happening to you. So you're sitting down with Linda Evangelista at the Bloom Appel Theatre tonight to talk about the four-part Apple Doc, the supermodels, which is so incredible. And I know you're also going to talk about Linda's book, The Coffee Table Book, with the famed photographer and collaborator Stephen Maisel, who you knew. And I wonder if the greatest connection between you and Linda is that you're both survivors in so many ways, that you're lovers of life, living life to the full, working hard, driving yourself relentlessly. And, you know, you talked about how you both fit so much into a day. You couldn't even believe it. You've tempered it a little bit, even though you're still going, going, going. Do you think that we have to temper it at a certain stage because we're older and we can't pull those all nighters the way we used to still show up at work without bags under our eyes? <laughs> but 
with that. I loved when you asked Linda, do you ever get nostalgic for the old days? Or are you like Carl Lagerfeld, who always was onto the next thing and never wanted to look back too much? And she said, I, I like laughing about the old days, but there's something about moving forward. There's so much to look forward to. Is that how you feel like Linda or are you still nostalgic? Well, I am nostalgic for the old days because those were great old days. Yes, yes. I want to go back. Would I want to relive them? Would I want to be, you know, 30 years old again? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that fond look back as long as, you know, you keep your eye on the prize and the yes. prize has got to be the future. And for me, I've got so much to look forward to. I feel, yeah, I've had an incredible life so far and God forbid if, you know, it all ended today. I'd be a very grateful person still because I have just had the most magical, extraordinary life. I mean, I always knew that I didn't want just a good life or a great life. I had to have a fantabulous life. I mean, I did that for my parents too because their youth was nipped in the bud in a sense. They didn't get a chance to realize a lot of their dreams. But for me, with you know, who really was presented with just about every opportunity um, to take advantage of it and to take the ball and run with it and to be coming up, say, through the media at such an exciting time to to work with a mentor like the great Moses Neimer, who taught me so much about so many things in so many weird and wonderful ways. (laughs) Now that that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. (laughs) That's a a mini series. Uh, (laughs) But you know, I've been very, very, very fortunate. That being said, I hope I continue to to be fortunate and to have time to, you know, fulfill a lot of my bucket list stuff or just even time to realize that some of these projects that are coming my way now are fantastically oh. wonderfully dizzying. And I can't even, I mean, I, I've got a new book coming out next year that I'm really excited. Yes. Simon and Can you give us a little, a little sneak peek, a little something about what is going to, and we, and of course you're going to come back and talk about the book for time number four, because we don't have that. <laughs> The book is, we're not 100% sure of the title, but it's it's stories from a life well-worn. And it's stories about my life told through the lens of fashion. So each chapter starts with an article of clothing or, you know, an accessory, a piece of jewelry, perhaps. What that particular piece meant to me at the time, how I wore it and the adventure I had while I was wearing it, the incredible people that I met, the the experiences that I had, and most importantly, the life lessons that I learned. But it uh-huh. is all told through the lens of fashion. So it's it's kind of cool. I'm really excited. Oh, that's going to be great. If those shoes could talk, if that Chanel <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's great. And, that. and I'm involved in, you know, I've, I've got another, I can't really tell you too many details about it, but I'm involved with a major Canadian cultural institution. And we're doing a big kind of uh, look back at my career. Oh. Uh, it's gonna be, I mean, this is not, this is the kind of thing that takes years to develop and and work on. So I'm uh, not really ready to talk about it yet, but there's going to be an incredible thing, ha- an incredible thing happening. And there was a crew at my house the other day, these incredible gals from LA, they're wanting to do a documentary on me and my life. And I, you know, I'll have to talk more about that later too. That's going to be amazing. So like all this oh, stuff that's happening, this stage of my life and, and the cancer journey, like what an incredible world that opened up for me. It's given me this whole other platform to talk to people about something that's so meaningful. I mean, not that fashion isn't meaningful. I mean, I always said, yes, it's great. It's It elevates the spirit and it, it really is great for the soul and it's a great tool for communication and all that stuff. But... You know, I always used to say, but, you know, those designers are never going to find the cure for cancer, <laughs> you know, and uh, they admit it, too. It wasn't that dramatic uh, an arena in that way. It was rife with dramas, to be sure. But but when I think of, you know, how I can speak to people now and the kinds of invitations I'm getting to speak at most amazing um, functions and fundraisers, it, it's just really, really heart swelling for me. And it's just given me a whole new purpose. It's just incredible. There's another huge thing that you have coming up, and that's the Spirit of Hope Gala, where you're going to be sitting down with Dame Helen Mirren, who, of course, plays Golda in the incredible film Golda My Year that was just released. I watched it last night. And you're moderating this very important evening 
where she will be awarded the Simon Wiesenthal 2023 Humanitarian Award. There's so much to unpack here. I mean, all proceeds from Spirit of Hope Fund go towards anti-Semitism and human rights. And of course, we're all reeling, and you, you touched on it earlier, from the tragedy and horror that happened on October 7th to innocent Israeli citizens, 1,000 killed, thousands injured, over 200 kidnapped and taken hostage. I know that many Jewish people and, and other people all over the world have not slept in the last few weeks. And so I can't imagine what it's been like for you as a child of Holocaust survivors. How have you been coping with this? Because for someone who isn't, it's been almost, I, I don't know, people that are normally the best copers are not coping. Hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm just really lucky that uh, I'm as busy as I am these days. And, you know, work has always been a great escape for me. And, you know, especially when you love what you do, it's, the first thing, you know, that I thought of, of course, was my parents and just how grateful I am that they are not here to see what's unfolding and what has unfolded. And I don't know, I, I can't imagine what the resolve of the situation will be. And I'm very worried for, for the whole world. I don't know how I'm coping with it. I'm not, probably not very well because I'm trying to keep things at bay and I'm trying to suppress it. I'm just trying to put one step in front of the other and just do my life the best way I can because we're all in such limited time here. But I, I don't know. We all grew up saying never again and uh, never dreamed that we'd see, you know, this level of brutality and heartlessness and humanity again. But there, the world is a very, very dark place right now. And not to say there isn't light in some areas, obviously. I mean, I, I think there's still great hope and great light in, in some areas. But when it comes to, you know, the political situation and when it comes down to, you know, the plight of what's going to happen to, all, you know, people in the Middle East, like all people in the Middle East. And I just, uh, I really, it's, it's I don't just, know what to say about it. I don't you know. know. In really. theater, there's an expression called day XX machina. I don't know if you know that expression. I know you started off as an actor and you've been, you, you've done the other side of that as well. Day XX machina is like, when something comes from the heavens that just fixes it up in Shakespeare or, you know, an ancient play, something just comes down. And, and this is almost what I'm praying for is that there's going to be some Mother Teresa, Gandhi person, Moses, I don't know, who's just going to come forward and and do something. And I do believe in miracles. And I do believe, and I've talked to rabbis actually who said, you have to still go for the light. You have to still celebrate. You have to still celebrate the milestones. You have to come together and, you know, strengthen in solidarity and do good and be good and be who we are and, and pray and lo lots and yeah. lots of prayer. Absolutely. It really does uh, question your, uh, you know, your spiritual values and really, yeah, I, I too believe in miracles. I really believe in miracles. I mean, the fact that, you know, that I'm here, that my parents survived the Holocaust, you know, that, that was a miracle for them, but we really need a lot of miracles these days. We, we just have to keep praying for them. We do. I so agree. I watched Helen Mirren, Jeannie, as I mentioned last night in the film Gold, and you're going to have this very up close and personal with her on November the 2nd. And that I'm going to tell you also at the end of this show how you can get tickets or make a donation or do something with Simon Wiesenthal Center. I was awestruck by her performance. Have you seen the film Gold and what was your reaction to it? Well, I, no, I haven't seen it yet. I'm saving that for uh, I'm, I'm going to be seeing it in the next day. Or so. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And yes. I want it to be as fresh in my mind as possible. So no, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it's uh, extraordinary. I heard her performance in particular is uh, extraordinary as she extraordinary. And I forgot at one point that it was the actress, Helen Mirren, Dame Helen Mirren. And I thought from it, that's gold in my ear. Oh my God, I did a documentary. No, 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 this is a film. That's how powerful I, I found it. So to go back to another very cool gig that you've had, I didn't realize it's this long already, since 2015, and that style matters with Jeannie Becker on the Shopping Channel. What do you love about, because I love you on this. <laughs> well, just, but, <laughs> yeah, people say to me, oh, we really miss you on fashion television. Okay, you know, we really, we wish you were on TV again. And I said, I've been on TV since 2015. For the past eight years, I've had this fun series called Style Matters. It's on uh, 10 weeks in the fall and 10 weeks in the spring. And we talk to women about style and, and the fact that it, kind of matters. Uh, and we show you a whole range of uh, brands. So it's not just TSC is usually one hour blocks, you know, devoted to a brand, a brand, a brand. But this is we mix up all the brands, we show you how to 
wear stuff, how to get that look. I interview designers. Um, it's live, which is so much fun. I never really had the chance to do a lot of live TV. I mean, back in the day, I did City Pulse News for a while, but you know, most of my shows were done in the field. So it's really fun. And just to be able to talk to women, like where they live, to talk to them about what goes into their closets or their suitcases or their, you know, what, what they need to, you know, to get them through their daily lives, sartorially speaking, is really fun. It's very unpretentious and, you know, has nothing to do with those lofty heights of haute couture that, you know, those stories that I brought people for all those years. I mean, this, that was a great ride for sure. But this is really bringing things back down to basics in a way. And it's, it's about real life and I'm having a blast with it. And so many women are watching like a cross generation slice of women. Yes. We've got the daughters and the mothers and the gra grandmothers mothers and you know all those people that really sort of grew up watching fashion television for all those years and I just get oh, to be myself <laughs> for two hours so great and then in another full circle moment I wasn't kidding I'm saying this to the listeners that there's so many cool things I see that you're doing a very cool new segment on breakfast television it's monthly about what it's really like to age in today's society I think it's called the new age and you do make it look so good. I mean, my God, we all need to follow in your footsteps. So what are your secrets? Do you believe in cosmetic surgery or Botox or the little things that you can do to help it along? Yeah, I believe in doing whatever you as an individual feel that you want to do. Some people love the wrinkles and the lines and the, you know, and the sagging, or, you know, whatever goes on, they, you know, and it's great and embrace it. And that's great. And there are bits in, of, of me that I'm not sure I've totally embraced yet that are just sort of going their own way. And I've just sort of got to get my head around that, you know, but yeah, I, I'm all for the freedom of the individual to approach aging, whatever way they know how to, I'm not going to preach anything to anybody. It's a very personal decision. I think makeup for me, helps tremendously. I love my makeup artists. And I, I love my lipstick. I dye my hair. I'm not happy when my hair is gray. I just, I don't like looking at myself that way. But some women look exquisite with their hair gray and love it and embrace it. And it's wow. great for them. It just not me. Like I sort of went through that during chemo and I'd look in the mirror and just feel washed out. So, but again, there's so many things that one can do in this day and age. Being crazy and going too far, obviously, you know, that that can get very dangerous. And I know that kind of you know, cosmetic procedures can get very addictive and you have to be very careful. And there are also cosmetic procedures. Some of them are very costly too. So some people aspire to that, but they, they can never even afford it. But there are just, there are a lot of ways to keep yourself young and fresh. And I think attitude matters a whole lot. I mean, more than you could ever imagine. I mean, it's really the light that shines from within that makes us look the way we are. I, I totally believe it. It's our attitude and uh, just our way of, of lo looking at the world and the way that we look at ourselves. And I think if that's really imbued with a whole lot of love, you can't go wrong. So true. It's so true. Do you still like getting glammed up or has your look changed to a more relaxed one or depending on the day you love it all? Yeah, I mean, I like, I love wearing false eyelashes. <laughs> As I say, I love makeup. I love really beautiful clothes, of course. But, you know, I've, I'm a little more understated maybe now than I used to be. I don't, I haven't worn a full length evening gown in a long time. I'm hosting an event for Canfar at Roy Thompson Hall uh, called Harmonizing Hearts on November the 20th with uh, a great singer by the name of Joey Nichefero and uh, Sarah Papini, another beautiful opera singer. It, a couple of great orchestras. It's going to be a fabulous night. That's November 20th. And I'm going to be wearing a gown. Oh. I'm very, my very dear friend, Frida, of Frida's uh, that Great Emporium uh, downtown. Yeah. Just uh, I get dressed by uh, her uh, an awful lot. And she's convinced me to wear a gown to this event. Oh, fabulous. I can't wait to see that. You're really glowing. I'm wondering, have you, I mean, is there something you're using on your face? But also... <laughs> Are you no, but I'm overdue for Botox. What can I tell you? No, I don't know. I, I really, it's funny because some days I look at myself, I go, okay, not bad for 71. But no, I'm just, just trying to, as I say, Judy, live in the light as much as I can, you know, for whatever that means. I just, that, that's the one word, you know, if I really had to think of one word that was ruling my life right now, um, and, you know, it's light. 
And, and I just pray that, that I can stay there. I, you fight sometimes to stay in the light. You really have to fight sometimes to stay in the light. But surround yourself with people that radiate light. And uh, that helps a lot too. Yes. Keep your face to the sunshine. And do you have you added a meditation practice of any kind, like yoga, Pilates, breathing? I know that's not you so much. I'm just curious if that's... No, no, I know. Um, but I, I don't do it consciously. Like, oh, now I'm going to meditate. But I do find myself, uh, you know, like just letting all the, uh, you know, the air out of my shoes, or whatever that expression is, yes. and just really grounding myself and concentrating on the moment and appreciating the moment and being grateful for that and trying to quiet my mind as much as I can. I do do have a lot of sleepless nights, especially lately with what's going on and with this drug that I'm on with letrozole. That's one of the things keeps you awake at night. So I take a little, you know, CBD oil, a couple of drops under my tongue, you know, nothing with THC in it, but just something to kind of relax me a little bit. And then I drift off and I I have great dreams. And that's (laughs) nice too. (laughs) I know something else that makes you feel very good and very chill are your children. And I know that you are an amazing mom, always have been. And the last time you were on the show, well, really, when you were on the very first time, we featured your talented daughter, Joey O'Neill, and she's just come out with a new album. It's her third album, and it's called Phantom Vibes. And so I was listening to all the tracks and thinking, what would be good for Finding Your Bliss? And I hit this song called Songs About You, and I was like, yes! So when we come back from the commercial break, I'm going to play Song About You for all of you, and it's really, really good. We'll be right back with Jeannie Becker and her daughter singing this fabulous song back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Hi, everyone. We are back. This is Find Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And I'm here with Jeannie Becker. We've been having a delightful conversation. And just before the break, I mentioned we're going to play a gorgeous song from her daughter, Joey O'Neill's latest album called Phantom Vibes. But first, I just want to give you a little bit about Joey O'Neill, just a quick little description of what she's up to. She is, of course, a critically acclaimed Yukon singer-songwriter who's been bewitching audiences across Canada with hauntingly heartfelt anecdotes from a woodland life. After embarking on a cross-country dog park tour in support of her critically acclaimed canine-themed LP Ever Ahead, Joey is tuning into new frequencies. Her recently released third album, Phantom Vibes, weaves poignant stories of invisible bonds with her signature finger-picked guitar and ethereal theremin, which she learned to play, enchanting vibraphone trills, the arresting breath of a flute, a trumpet's croon, a warm organ, and a pedal steel voiced by producer Aaron Goldstein. Their previous collab on Ever Ahead garnered praise from the CBC, exclaim, and Canadian Beats. Millennial tales of missed calls and ghosting are gifted a timeless weight by the album's nostalgic folk jazz arrangements. And going deeper still, she explores presence in the forms of maternal love, mannerism mimicry, geographic and musical memory triggers, and harrowing flashbacks of wildlife encounters. More than ever, Joey and Neil has cordially invited us into her personal reflection as she hosts this soul-stirring seance, and we're so pleased to accept. So Jeannie, long, long bio there, but it's all so beautifully written. And, and but Tell everyone, do you remember what you wrote to me after I said, we would love to play Joey's song? songs about you. You wrote me an email and what did you say? Yeah, well, I said, you know, Zoomer might be playing one of your songs, Joey, and uh, off the new album. She goes, oh, it'll probably be songs about you. Uh, she knew that uh, you'd love that one. And uh, rightly so. I mean, there's a bit of nostalgia in that one for sure. And hey, it's about songs about you on the radio. <laughs> it's so fabulous. So without further ado, here is Jeannie's daughter, Joey O'Neill, singing this awesome new song from her latest album, 
Let's all have a listen. There's only songs. Due to international copyright law, podcasts are unable to include music. Music can only be played on the live radio broadcast. Finding Your Bliss airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you'd like to hear this artist's music, you can find the link to our Finding Your Bliss SoundCloud in the episode description. Wow. That song gets under my bones. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's, wow. Yeah, Joey's an old soul. Very uh, romantic. We're both crying here, just so you know. The listeners can't see this, not until it gets onto Patreon, but we're both having a little bit of a cry. Yeah, but just like you said, Judy, you know, I'm taking, you know, all these moments... I'm not taking anything for granted. So I get to sit here and savor something like that. And yeah, that that really, that that is what it's all about, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Savor away. Thank you for playing that song. Of course. As you know, Janie, there's a question that we ask everyone at the end of the show. So naturally, we're going to ask you. And that question, of course, is what is bliss for Janie Becker? Bliss is uh, really being aware of the moment and seeing it in the most positive light possible. You know, obviously there are a lot of moments that, uh, you know, it's very, very hard to find the light, but boy, that's my mission. You know, bliss is just fighting to uh, stay in the light. Beautifully said. What is the best way for people to still get tickets for tonight's live interview at the Bloom Appell Theatre with supermodel Linda Evangelista? There's a website that you have to go to and uh, I'm going to give it to you all. I'm going to give it to you all at the end of the show and also how people can get tickets or make a donation to the Spirit of Hope Gala, where you will be interviewing and moderating the evening with Dame Helen Mir. We'll have that for you at the end of the show as well, November 2nd. And Jeannie, what is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? Um, I would say Instagram. (laughs) We love our Instagram and that's at the Jeannie Becker, T-H-E-J-E-A-N-N-E-B-E-K-E-R. Spell my name right. Uh, or you can check out my my website. Joey actually just redesigned my website. So uh, that's a good one too. That's just JeannieBecker.com. That's fantastic. I want to thank you so much, Jeannie, for being on the show today. It's always such a delight. It's an honor. And I don't know, there's just something very heartfelt about this hour. And I'm very grateful. Yeah, you were an extraordinary person, Judy. You are uh, so filled with light and love and so appreciate all that you do. You're really an amazing spirit. Uh, I love you to bits. Thank you so much for this. I love you too. Thank you so much. To get tickets to see Jeannie Becker tonight at 7.30 p.m. in conversation with Linda Evangelista, you can purchase tickets on Ticketmaster or call the Bluma Appell Theater at 416-366- seven seven two three and to see Jeannie in conversation with Helen Mirren for the Spirit of Hope Gala, all you have to do is go to fswc.ca slash spirit dash of dash hope dash twenty twenty three. That's fswc.ca slash spirit dash of dash hope dash 2023. Each week we spotlight a fabulous person like Jeannie Becker. We don't always have Jeannie Becker, but we aspire to. I don't like Jeannie Becker. <laughs> Is there anybody like me? <laughs> so if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anyone who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. We also love to feature singer-songwriters on this show. If you're a singer, please reach out to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. And I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, please let me know and reach out and contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. I'm also an insight timer, the number one free meditation app. And of course, you can always follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I would like to thank our absolutely wonderful guest, Jeannie Becker, for being on the show today. Also, thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kiley, producer Olivia Weatherall, audio engineer Giuliani Anitziello, senior editor Lauren Kaminsky, video editor Sierra Brown-Rodriguez, audio producer Faz Causey, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.